But look, we are in the middle of a series called Faith Move Mountains, as uh, Ebony said before. And, you know, we've been inspired, and we're going to be inspired tonight even further about believing God when we face mountains in our life, that faith can move mountains. And tonight we have what we call our Merge Night. We've got three emerging speakers uh, who are going to share with us and encourage us uh, in this area. So I hope you have your seatbelts on. We are in for a great night. But our first speaker tonight I'm going to introduce in a moment, her name is Beck Fellinger. Now, she is an amazing woman of God. She's married uh, to Fingers, who a lot of you would know leads worship in our band, and the mother of the, I would say, the biggest heart melter in our church, little Carter. He is just such a blessing from God. And uh, she runs a mother's group in our 25 to 35 area, which is just pumping. And one thing I really admire about Beck is she just loves people, and she truly cares about people. And I know tonight she has a word from God. So can we please stand to our feet and give a great shout and welcome Beck Fellinger. Hi, everyone. I did notice that I think it was, oh, you can sit down. Thank you. I think it was Ebony said we have young preachers tonight. And technically, I'm not 30 till next week, so uh, next month. So I'll take that. Anyway, I'm super excited to share um, a Faith Moving Mountains story with you tonight. But before I do that, I just want to give a shout out to Pastor Josh and Shekinah, who are the 25 to 35 area pastors. You guys are amazing. I just want to thank you for all that you do. Um, my husband, Flinger, and I feel super blessed to be in a church with, with such amazing leaders like you guys and Pastor John and Dan. Right, well, I want to share a story of faith with you. It's been a challenging story, but an exciting story. But before I do that, I just want to give you a quick snapshot. Band, you can go. Thank you. Sorry. I'm so not good with this. So since 2015, we have been wanting to buy a house. So since 2015, we have lived in five different houses. So we've had quite the run with rentals. So they've sold and owners have wanted to move in. It was so hard to feel settled and it wasn't a nice feeling knowing that we didn't know where we were going to be at the end of our lease. We contemplated buying a house at different stages, but with a small baby, the timing never seemed right and we felt like it wasn't achievable. We look back through those seasons of packing and moving and it was clear that although we never went without a house, God was making us uncomfortable. And he was continuing to stir up that desire for us to one day own our own house. Over the years, Fullinger and I spent numerous weekends going to open homes and display villages, dreaming. We've all done it. We collected all the magazines where you could choose your kitchen, your floors, the bench tops, all that. One thing we really wanted was a yard for our son. We had a list of all the things that we wanted in our house and we had this on display in our own home. We'd seen God do amazing things in our lives over the years, and we didn't doubt that one day we would have a house, but it seemed like that one day was a long way away. In James 1.6, it says, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. The end of 2017 saw us yet again packing and moving house. But like this scripture said, we had to stay steadfast in faith and not waver, even when things were going opposite to what we were believing for. 
So we decided that yet again in 2018, on our goals list, we would write, buy a house. Who knows how many years that was on there. It was one of those rollover dreams. This year, however, we decided to take some practical steps to see what we needed to do. We enlisted the help of some wonderful mentors who gave us great feedback and helped us with our next step, which was invaluable. So there it all began. They gave us a contact for the best broker and we began to pre prepare ourselves financially for the next step. We then saw an open house for a beautiful home in Watulla, a few streets from where we were renting. We went and checked it out and instantly fell in love. Funnily enough, the agent that was selling the property was the same one who'd sold the rental we had previously lived in. As he handed us the pamphlet with all the house information, he informed us the house was under contract. It was at that moment that the battle started and the fight for our mountain began. <sighs> We prayed and almost every day walked or drove past that house and we imagined it was ours. In Mark eleven twenty four, it says, I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. And we believe that. Something about it and the feeling we got going there made us feel like it was our house. The agent told us that he would be in contact, but we never received anything further. Two months later, Felinga was driving past after work and he noticed there was an auction sign out the front. We then contacted the agent who informed us that the following day it was going to auction. We felt so uncomfortable and didn't feel like we were in any position to bid. I mean, what do you even do? We've only seen it on the movies. So we did what any faith-filled person does. We drove right past that auction, looked at all the cars parked out the front, and we kept on driving. I know, right? We saw the numerous cars and the people crowding around, and we felt like, yet again, someone was going to snap that house up, and we'd missed the boat, but God. The next night, I received a text from the agent saying that the house didn't make reserve at the auction. And were we still interested? We may have done a happy dance. We made an offer and then the waiting game began. A week later of back and forward communications, our offer got accepted. 16000 yeah. $16, less than it was under contract for, twice. And 30 days from when we signed the contract, we moved into our own house. there will be a picture hopefully um, God is so faithful and we've learnt that when he moves fast he moves fast the journey of us moving into our own home wasn't easy but three things that helped us to have faith that God would come through was number one surround yourself with people who've walked a similar journey and who can cheer you on number two take practical steps give your dream legs Read, speak to people, research anything that can help you practically create a plan. And number three, get scriptures that back up a promise God has given to you and declare them daily. Thank you.
Awesome. Hey, can we give it up for Beck for Linger? Wow, come on. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And what an incredible faith journey, hey? And isn't that encouraging? You know, for you and I, as we're going through our own, you know, mountain that we're faced with or journey, a faith journey, to hear a testimony of God coming through for someone is so inspiring. I love that. And thank you, Beck, for sharing that point of surround yourself with people, you know, who are going to encourage us on that journey. And to me, that just speaks of like the best place for that in the life of our church is join a group. And when you go to your group, share with them, hey, this is what I'm believing for. You know, can you pray for me? And that encouragement can be such um, a, you know, important key I'm walking that journey so can we give it up for um, Beck again thank you so much for sharing your testimony our second speaker tonight uh, is a great leader in our house a very good friend of mine he runs a pumping uh, connect group in senior high and he's also actually um, the department leader uh, for what we call our youth all-in team so he manages all of our volunteers uh, on a Friday night he's a son of the house and you know he's been here for most of his life from kids church through youth now into young adults leading and uh, let me tell you this he's as faithful and loyal as they come uh, he is an incredible man of God who just loves Jesus and I know he's got something powerful for us tonight so can we stand again and welcome Jacob Hickman. Um, hello, hello. All right, you can sit down. Thank you. Um, before we begin, I'd like to really honor Dan and Ebony Frecker. Um, I tell this to Dan all the time, but I would not be who I am today without him, especially. Um, I would not be here speaking to you guys today if it wasn't for him. So can we give it up for Dan and Eb? They work hard for the youth. Um, yeah. Faith Moves Mountains. What a series we are in. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, one of the faith journeys I've been on in my life was getting a car. Um, I was 17, just got my P's, living it up, you know. Um, I, was sharing a brother, I was sharing a car with my brother, Nick. It was like this little red Ford Fiesta. Um, it wasn't working out for me, so I was like, God, I want a car. And then six months later, God gave me a car for free from my auntie, which was amazing. Yeah, you, you, can, you may well clap that. You may well clap that. Um, and yeah, I was going to give you a few tips on how you can have faith in God and get your, get your miracle happening. Um, scripture for tonight is 1 Kings 18, verse 41 to 43. While you turn there, because I know we all brought our Bibles. Bit of context. Um, Elijah had just stopped the rain over this nation, and now he's about to bring the rain back. Um, that's pretty much all you need to know. Um, pick it up at 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees, and said to his servant or his helper, Go up now, look towards the sea. So the helper went up and looked, and the helper said, There's nothing. And seven times Elijah said, Go again. Now, that is an amazing scripture. And the first point we can pull from there, and point number one for tonight is hear. Hear a word from God. Get a scripture from God. Um, read the Bible. Google it if you have to. Um, my scripture for when I... Yeah, you can Google it. Um, my scripture for when I had my car was Matthew 6.33. You can take this one if you want. It's free. Um, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Um, it doesn't have to be like a super spiritual moment where you're like, yes, Lord, I feel it. It's just, just get a scripture, hold on to it, read your word, read the New Testament, get something to hold on to. 
the second thing we can take from there, and this is a double whammy, <clears throat> is position. Now, position yourself like physically. So if you want a car, then look for a car. If you want a house, uh, research where the best houses are going on the Sunshine Coast. If you want a job, apply for jobs. Um, like, just do stuff so that when God brings a miracle, you're ready to receive it kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> second point of that is to position your perspective. I know, I know, I know. Um, this one's a good one. Um, you see Elijah, he, when he went up to the mountain, he got down on his knees like this, or, yeah, I believe he went like this, and he put his head down, <laughs> he put his head down to the ground. He wasn't looking at the lack of clouds that was around him. He was looking at, he was looking at God. So don't look at the scarcity that you see around you now. Look to the supply. Look to God. Don't look to the lack. Look to the Lord. Come on. He will provide for you in a powerful way. Um, yeah, that's pretty good, eh? Thank you. That's <laughs> from the Lord. Um, and the third th and final thing we can get from there is to go again. Um, Elijah said to his servant seven times, go again, go again, go again, go again. So pray again. Ask again. Seek God again. Read again. Keep going. Don't, don't give up. Because every time you pray, every time you read the Word, every time you ask God for that blessing, you're getting a little bit closer. You're getting a little bit further to your miracle. And God will provide if you just keep going. <clears throat> Is that cool? Now, I tell you all this, um, and it's not just me talking, rambling. I've actually done this in my life. Um, <clears throat> just after I got my car... Um, I needed some money because I didn't have any money. And so I was looking for a job. Now again, scripture. My scripture was Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Um, go to scripture. Um, then what did I do? I positioned myself. <laughs> so I applied for jobs. I got myself out there, handed out resumes, did everything I could, went on seek, you know, asked people at church, you know, got any jobs. Um, position myself. I positioned my perspective. I looked to God because I knew He would provide. I wasn't looking at what was around me because at that point I probably shouldn't have gotten a job. Um, but I looked to God, looked to the source, and yeah, and then I just kept going. So it didn't, my miracle didn't come to pass for about six months. And during that six months, it's tough. That's why you got to keep going. That's why you got to go again. You got to seek again. You got to ask again, pray again. And every time you pray, faith starts to rise up a little bit more. Every time you ask God, you get a little bit more faith, and that keeps you going for the next time. So every day for six months, I ask God, God, give me a job. I want a job. Come on. Proverbs 10:22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. And then, yeah, six months later, I got the perfect job. I get to work with my dad, um, putting in aircons, doing my electrical apprenticeship. So it's pretty good, um, getting that cash money. <laughs> um, and you see, the, <laughs> okay, um, the blessing, my blessing didn't just bless me. So now I'm able to bless others because I got a little bit of cash money. I can splash it to the people, you know. Give it, I don't have any with me tonight, but if I did, I would. <laughs> um, it, that, like, your blessing is not just for you. You might think it's just for you. I thought my job was just for me. But it's, not, it's for you. It's for your family. It's for your friends. It's for, it's for your future. It's for everything. Um, so, yeah. I was going to quickly pray, and then we'll be done. So everyone close their eyes, bow their heads. Lord, thank you for this group of amazing, faithful believers tonight. I pray that 
Tonight, faith would be stirred up on the inside of them. And Lord, that they would go again. They wouldn't stop. They would seek the source and they would get a scripture in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hey, come on. Let's give it up for Jacob. What a word. So powerful. Getting that cash money to splash it to the people. Amen. That's good preaching. Come on. Splash it. I never heard that one before. Wow. That was such a great encouraging message to us. And I love that position, our perspective. How cool is that? Let's not keep our eyes on the problem. Let's not keep our eyes on the mountain that's in front of us that can be discouraging. Now let's keep our eyes on Jesus, who's the one who will uh, move that mountain and faith builds on that journey. Once again, can we give it up for Jacob Hickman? Wow, what a preacher, hey? Come on. Well, we have one last uh, speaker tonight, and I'm so excited for what he's going to bring to us. His name is Sam, and you know, Sam just actually transitioned um, out of uh, being a youth leader, where he uh, was a leader in our youth ministry for over five years. Why don't, before I welcome up, let's just clap him for that. Just wanted to honor him tonight. That is amazing. That's five years of Friday nights, like sacrificing his time uh, and energy to pour into young people, Uh, and I just wanted to honor you for that public tonight, Sam. You're, you're a hero. Uh, and he's actually just about to launch a prayer group in young adults, which I'm so expectant for. He's studying um, at university, currently doing his honors to be a psychologist. And he is like the most driven and diligent um, student I've ever met. He inspired me when I was at uni. And uh, he just truly loves Jesus, moves in the Holy Spirit, and he is going to bless you and I tonight. So can we stand our feet and welcome Sam Byrne? Hey! Love you, bro. Hey, how are we? You can take your seat. Thank you. Um, I would also like to honor a couple tonight, and that is Pastor Jeremy and Lisa, actually. And uh, you guys are a phenomenal couple. You uh, hold so much capacity in our church, and specifically Lisa's part of the worship, or she leads our worship band and just goes from strength to strength. And uh, Jeremy has been my personal mentor for so long, and I wanted to thank you and honor you tonight. So would you please give it up for Jeremy and Lisa? And uh, so tonight we're speaking on faith, and I just wanted to say before I start, it is crazy how similar my preach is to Jacob's. So I don't know what's going on, but the Spirit's like, I don't know, trying to impress something on here tonight. Um... But my faith journey is that um, I've been believing, so I'm doing psychology, as Dan said, and so I've almost finished my degree. And so the next stage to progress my career is to kind of look for experience or look for practice. And so, but the difficult thing there, the catch is, or my faith gap, is that um, to get the experience, you kind of need paid experience to break into the market, except the requirement is that you have previous paid experience. So it's a difficult thing to break into, but once you're in there, it's like a little circuit that keeps going. And so that's my, that's my faith thing. And so for three months, I've been believing for that. And uh, it was actually funny because that very day that Teresa rang me up and asked me if I could speak was the very day that I got the call saying that, hey, we have a job for you that's paid experience progressing your field in psychology. So I think that deserves a clap because God's pretty cool like that. And I thought I would share um, just some tips, just some things about my three months um, pushing in. Um, Hopefully, 
can help you out tonight. So the first thing is find a promise. And so a promise is something, a word from God that we get, or specifically the Bible calls it a seed. And it's something that is directly relating to our situation. So if we can um, put up the scripture, Romans 10.17 says, So uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I want to grow my faith towards my situation, my mountain, we can get a promise or a word from God that we can use in our situation to push it forward. So for me, and you can get your promise in, in a number of different ways. It can be in a moment of praise, a moment of worship, a preach, or specifically a simple one is to just go to the word of God, find a scripture. So for me, my, my promise was Philippians 4.19, which is my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in Jesus Christ. And every time I spoke that, every time I heard that word, that promise, it strengthened. It was like a seed that was inside of my heart that just kept growing a little bit. Every time I prayed, every time I heard that or spoke that. So find a promise for your situation. Um, the second point is actually position as well. And so, and so, if we are to get faith by hearing the Word of God, we should consistently be um, positioning ourselves to hear the Word of God. So specifically or simply, um, something that you can do every day is to just seek God, just to worship, to pray, to read the Bible. And what that does is that it builds faith inside of you. And I like to think of it as like you have a little bucket that you bring along. And so every time that you speak the word, you speak your promise, it's like you bring the bucket and you shove it underneath God and he fills it up with faith. And so you then take that bucket and then you pour it on your seed, your, your promise. And so we should always be positioning ourselves in environments that will fill our bucket and the word of God. So what that means is that when you go to church, when you hear um, preachers like Pastor Teresa's one this morning, when you hear the word of God, you position your bucket it fills with faith. I go to a prayer group with David Crowder and I hear the word of God and it fills my bucket. I go to a connect group with Jackson Pierce. I hear the word of God and it fills my bucket. I go to leadership things and it, I hear the word of God and it fills my bucket so that my seed is consistently growing towards my goal and my promise. So the second thing is position yourself. And the third thing is actually perspective as well. Um... And you know, you know when you get like a magnifying glass and the more that you kind of focus on something, the bigger it seems to get. And so what I found is that this is the same in prayer when we're believing for something, is that whatever we focus on in prayer actually becomes bigger and is magnified in our life. So when I was praying and believing for something specific, um, I was actually focusing probably 90% of my prayer time for this problem. And because of that, even though I was praying for it, it was becoming magnified in my life. My thoughts were getting consumed. Even outside of prayer, it was consuming me and I was getting stressed and anxious about it, even though I was praying. So I had to flip that around and instead of spending most of my time magnifying the problem, I spent my time magnifying God, lifting Him up, honoring Him. And what I found is that the problem actually started to diminish. The stress, the anxiety started to go down. And because of that, what we need to do is position ourselves and by all means still please pray for your situation but just make sure that the biggest piece of your prayer pie or whatever it is is for God 
Um, Because as Jacob says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things will be given unto you. And so you can still pray for your mountain, but just make sure that the biggest mountain you pray towards is God. So it's all about perspective. Um, So that's just a few thoughts that I had. I'm I'm praying and believing for you about your situation, and I love you guys, and thank you so much for having me. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Sam, for sharing uh, that. What an amazing, encouraging message, hey? And it's so cool, once again, hearing people are seeing God move in their life. It's so encouraging and keys that can help us along the journey. And I love what he said about find a promise. And so I'd love to ask anyone here, if you have a mountain in your life, can you tell me your promise like that? And if you can't, maybe your application out of tonight is to go home and, and, you know, this week say, God, I want a promise from God. Begin to memorize it. Get that bucket full every day of your life so you're living in faith. So can we please give it up for all three of our amazing emerging voices here tonight. They did so well. So proud of them. And so here tonight, you know, we've been talking about faith and the journey of faith. And you know what? At the end of the day, this journey of faith, it actually all begins with a relationship with God. And the best thing you and I can actually put our faith in, more than putting our faith in a project or in, in a mountain in our life, the best thing you and I can put our faith in is actually Jesus Christ. And here tonight, I actually wanted to give everyone in this place an opportunity uh, to do just that. But before we do that, I just wanted to share a little bit of my story. And, you know, I was a young person who was blessed. I, I actually grew up in church, and my parents were pastors from the day I was born. Um, and, you know, I literally grew up in church from yeah, literally the moment I was born. And, you know, around the age of 12 and 13, and this is quite normal for those kinds of you know, people who do grow up in churches, you begin to question things. You begin to need to find Jesus for yourself. And so for me, unfortunately, around the age of 14, that looks like for me is I completely turned my back on God and walked away from Him. And, you know, for the next three years of my life, from 14 to 15, 16 to 17, you know, my life just began to go downhill. You know, at 17, I, I, you know, school had just finished. And I remember it so clearly. You know, it was a, what I thought would be one of the greatest seasons of my life, one of the happiest moments of my life, and had just come back from schoolies. But you know what? I found myself in a place, and maybe you can relate to this, but I found myself in a place just, you know, fa- I was facing, like, depression. I was so sad. I was so lonely. Uh, I felt like I had nobody in my life, you know. I, I remember feeling this, this horrible feeling and sense of guilt in my life. I, was, I would describe it as empty and just this overwhelming feeling of hopelessness. And I found myself in this place, and I remember just looking in the mirror, and I just could not stand the person I had become. You know, and I found for me that the party life, you know, the party life that promises the world, promises fulfillment and, and, and you know, the promises that it'll give you everything you're wanting for. I found myself at the end of it still completely empty. I found it was a lie and I was so far from God and I was in the lowest uh, part of my moment in my life. And see, the Bible actually says this. It says that we have all fallen short of God's standards. And basically, the Bible calls that sin. And basically, what sin is doing, or what sin means, is if this is living life God's way, what sin is, is turning our back to God and living life our own way. And I found for me, I, you know, I was so far from God. And, and the Bible also says that this thing called sin has a consequence and it's death and separation from God. And so every single human being, we're actually born with our back turned to God, living life our own way. 
And every single one of us, we need a Savior to save us. And I found myself in this place so far from God. And maybe you're here tonight and you can relate to that, to so far away from Him. But you know what? I just said we needed a Savior. And the, you know, the Bible says this, that God sent you and I a Savior called Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. And so I found myself at 17 in this place. And I, I remember one night in my room, I was in the worst moment of my life, just depression and these feelings overwhelming me. And I just said, God, if you're real, I'm going to give you one last chance. I remember it was a crossroad moment. I was about to go down a life of destruction. And I said, God, if you're real, I... I, I need you to show me here tonight. And I just remember praying this prayer saying, God, I'm sorry for my sin. And you know what? As I said, our backs are turned to God. And, and I just remember thinking, if I turned to God, that I would find this angry, judgmental God who, who was mad at me because I'd turned my back on him. I'd live life my own way because, you know, I was guilty. But that night, let me tell you this, I turned to God. And I just will never forget this moment that all I found was a father with loving arms who just loved me and accepted me. And I cried for hours that night as love, His love and His grace poured into my life. And let me tell you, I can tell you about six, seven years later now, I'm the opposite person. I, am, um, I found love. I found acceptance. I love my life now. I live every day with a sense of purpose. And I have a joy and a peace that cannot be taken from me. And that is because Jesus saved me that night. And you know what? Here, I want to give everyone that same opportunity to say that prayer, inviting Jesus into your life. And you know what? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have done. God is only one step away. And if here tonight you would just turn to Him, I'm telling you, you will find a Father with arms wide open calling you to His arms tonight. So can we all close our eyes in this place? I tell you, God is here. He loves you. He's calling you to himself tonight by name. And there's three kinds of people in this room. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never said this prayer I'm talking about, this turning to God and saying, God, I'm sorry for the way I've been living and, I, and accepting Jesus into your heart. If you've never said that prayer before, let me tell you, tonight is your night to get your heart right with God. And if that's you in a moment, what I simply want you to do is raise your hand and say, yes, Dan, that's me. The second kind of person is maybe you're here and you can relate to my story where you were once living for God, but now you find yourself far off. And I remember in that place, I was just so worried to come back to God. But if, you, if that's you, let me tell you, He loves you. And tonight He wants nothing more than you to turn to Him and accept Him as, as your Savior. And lastly, if you're here, the end of that scripture said that, he will, that we would not perish, but get eternal life. And if you're just not sure in your heart that when our life comes to an end, see, you and I have one thing in common. Our life is temporary. Everyone on this earth, you know, will not live here forever. And we will all face this thing called eternity. And if you're not sure in your heart you're going to heaven, you can leave here tonight sure. And if that's you in a moment, I'll get you to raise your hand too. So right now, every eye is closed. No one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to get you to come up the front or anything. This is just between you and God. And so I want to... Right now, with every eye closed, if you're one of those three people, if you want to come to Jesus here tonight and turn to Him, what I want you to do right now is just simply raise your hand and say, Yes, Dan, that's me. I want to do that here tonight. Thank you. I see that hand over there. That's awesome. You can put your hand down. Is there anyone else here who wants to accept Jesus tonight? I can tell you I feel the presence of God in this place. 
Thank you. I see your hand over there. He's calling you by name. He loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He's only one step away. I'm going to give this 10 more seconds. I still feel there's somebody else. And there's a battle going on in your heart right now. You feel nervous. Your heart is beating and you don't want to do this because of whatever it is. But let me tell you, I can just feel God saying, tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. If you're battling this, I still feel this. If that's you one last time, come on, be bold. And let me tell you, you one day like me, you can look back and God will have changed your life and transform it completely. So if that's you right now, in the last five seconds, can you just raise your hand and say, yes, Dan, I want to join these two people. I want to say that prayer here tonight. Is there anybody else? Be bold, be strong. Awesome. Amen. Amen. All right, well, what we're going to do today, church, is I'm just about to say a prayer, and I want everybody to repeat it after me. It's my greatest privilege to lead these two people in this prayer. And what I want you to do, the people who place their hands up, just mean this in your heart. Say these words directly to God, but I'll get everyone to repeat after me. Can we say this together? Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ your one and only son, to die on a cross for me and my sin. Tonight, I say sorry, and I turn to you. I open up my heart and invite you in. I declare that I believe in you as my Savior and that you died for me. In Jesus' name, amen.